Hello and welcome to another episode of Desert Island Dishes with me, Margie. This week's castaway is Sheer Lux founder, Georgie Coleridge-Cole. Now, whilst Georgie is super successful, she says herself that she is not a great cook, or at least that she's not that interested in cooking. And she's really apologetic when there's absolutely no need to apologize. When I started Desert Island Dishes, I was sort of determined that my guests didn't have to be from the world of food because we all eat and what we eat and what food means to us is interesting. We all have dishes that remind us of our childhoods and we've all eaten dishes that we remember and mean something to us. So I love speaking to people who love cooking and who live to eat, but I also like speaking to people who are doing really interesting things and maybe they're not that interested in food or cooking and that's okay. Georgie has her finger on the pulse of the zeitgeist and has lots of delicious food recommendations and some great business tips about how to get started along with some truly delicious desert island dishes. I'm going to stop waffling and without further ado, here is this week's episode. Today's castaway is Georgie Coleridge-Cole. Georgie is the founder and editor of Sheer Lux, which she incredibly launched at the tender age of just 25. Georgie studied French at university in Edinburgh and worked in beauty marketing before launching Sheer Lux. What started out as a directory for the best places to shop online has become a hugely popular digital magazine spanning fashion, beauty, health, food and careers for the modern woman. She lives in southwest London with her husband and three children. Georgie has said, Starting a business is not the easy option, especially as a mother, but I firmly believe you make your own luck. And if you work hard enough, good will prevail. And so welcome, Georgie. <laughs> so nice Thank to you. meet you. Thank you for that introduction. God, <laughs> You're that, very yeah, welcome. That makes me sound very grown up. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that quote. Do you think that is true? Do you think hard work does always prevail? I really do. I mean, I think success is twofold. I think you need a good product. Yeah. The first marketing director of Net-A-Porter, a guy called Martin Bartle, once said at an event of ours, he was like, he said, if you haven't got a good product, then you haven't got a business. And I always remembered that. And, and it seems so obvious, but it's yeah. so true. There are a lot of people out there slogging away, um, having done no market research, uh, and no one wants to buy what they've got or, or yeah. sign up to the services that they're offering. So yeah, first off, you need a good product, you need a good idea. And then, yeah, I, I genuinely believe you have to work and you work harder and harder and harder. And, you know, I worked Boxing Day for the first two years of the business. I worked every weekend. And I think, yeah, ultimately you make it happen. Yeah, no one else is going to do it for you. So food is a prominent feature of Sheer Lux and you're always showcasing delicious recipes and ideas. But I wondered, do you yourself like to cook? I love the idea of cooking. Yeah. Um but I'm not a cook. Okay. My husband's a great cook. Great. When I met him, he was a chalet boy for Scott Dunn. Ah, and, um, amazing. <laughs> the girl that he ran the chalet with was a very good cook and he learned quite a lot from her. But he doesn't really get to cook much because of work. Yeah. And I, I mean, occasionally I quite like it, but I just don't really have time. Yeah. I'm not a great cook. That is understandable. So, you know, I love that we fill that category. A lot of our readers are incredibly keen cooks. We've done some amazing foodie events, but 
on a personal level. No, I'm a good arranger. Uh, yeah, well, that I is... Can, a, I do a good salad. That is a skill in itself, Georgie. I mean, I knew you must be a goodie when I saw on Instagram that you like to have dim sum for lunch. <laughs> yeah, too yeah. much. Too much. <laughs> there is no such thing as too much dim sum. But that's a good moment to pause and talk about the first desert island dish of the day. And that's the dish that most reminds you of your childhood. I love this question. Uh, this was a really easy one for me. I would have to say kedgeri. <gasps> And my mom makes, I was at boarding school and my mom makes an amazing kedgeri. We always have fish on a Friday. So I'd come home for the weekend and she would make kedgeri and it, it's my favorite thing. It's my brother's favorite thing. Lots of people say they don't like kedgeri. It can be really dry. It can have way too much curry powder in. My mom's is really creamy. I don't really eat it now. You know, now I'm a bit more careful about what I eat, shall we yeah. say. And, and I see the amount of cream that yeah. goes in it. I'm, um, cream and butter are like predominant. Yeah, ingredients, but, but it's all about the cream. And if you're going to do it, do it right. God, it's good. It's yeah. got to have ketchup. Actually, yeah, it's got to have peas. You're yeah. making me realize I haven't had kedgeri for ages, but it's so good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so has she taught you how to make it? No, no. no. I mean, I could <laughs> probably have a go. I've watched her make it enough times. Yeah. I used to come home from school and yeah, I'd sit in the kitchen. The house always smells of it the next day. She'd always make extra and I'd have it for breakfast. Yeah, bre- it's so um, good for breakfast, it's isn't it? So and even my dad tradition, wasn't it? Yes, it was a it like was a good. Christmas thing. Mm. Yeah, and even my dad, my parents are divorced. Even my dad says, Yes, your mother, she made a very good kedgeri. <laughs> um, so yeah. That's a good thing to be known for. So Georgia, you've said before that you didn't really enjoy university and student life. What was it about that stage that you didn't enjoy? Was it the food? <laughs> Not the food. I just, I've always wanted to work. I remember going away on a weekend with some friends and there was a guy there that I hadn't met before. And, and I was about to leave Edinburgh and I said to him, yeah, I can't wait to start working. He kind of looked at me as if I was completely bonkers um, and said, why would anyone ever not want to be a student? Student life's the best. And yeah, it, it wasn't for me. I met my husband when I was 19 before I went to university. He was in London. I was in Edinburgh that probably didn't help. Oh my goodness. That's so romantic. Yeah. Yeah. But you're just I've always been driven. Go. I've always wanted to earn money. I when I was at school, I had a job as a waitress in the holidays and I worked more than any of my friends. It's a little French restaurant around the corner and I worked and worked and worked to earn money. And I've always liked nice, shiny new things. Yeah. And I've always been prepared to work for it. And I've always been sort of inspired by success and other successful people. And yeah, I was, I was really ready to get started. And I just found university life quite monotonous. I mean, God, I love having fun. I love partying. I yeah. love going out. <laughs> but I just, uh, this is a lot of time doing nothing. I always say if I was the education minister, I would cut the time, the amount of university time in half and people would do half a year in industry experience. That's different businesses, which would so benefit businesses. And you'd also experience different careers. I think, you know, especially a lot of girls come out of university and they want to work in PR or they say they want to work in, or they want to be interior designers. Or they, you know, they, they have these kind of stereotypical ideas of what they want to be. And there's so many careers out there that you don't know about. And I think, yeah. I think the workforce, I, I think businesses and I think students would just get so much out of doing more together at a, at a younger age. That's um, so true. And yeah, spending, you meet people spending now. a year at university. And I mean, we used to write three essays a term or something 
I know. Woeful like that. And you're right. You meet people now and they tell you what you what they do. And I always think, oh my goodness. Yeah. I even knew that I was wish a I'd job. known about that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. Exactly. <laughs> so think... yeah, so no, it, that sounds really negative. I, no, I know lots of people have a lot of fun at university. I think I'm just not, you know. And Georgia, I, I don't like, think it sounds negative. I like nice like, things love... and I, I find sort of communal living as much as I lived with lovely, lovely girls. It's just... Yeah. Also, Edinburgh is four years. So Mm. by the time you get to the end, you are Mm. raring to go. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on and talk about your second desert island dish of the day. And that's the first dish that you learned to cook. So God, I had to think hard about this one, not being a cook. I think it was eggy bread. Is that, am I allowed that as an answer? 100%. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You're coming up with all the good ones. Yeah, I think it was, and I still make a mean eggy bread. My little brother, he used to love my eggy bread. Yeah. Yeah, Is there like a special technique to your eggy bread, Georgie? Well, I think you've got to soak the bread really well. I mean, it's a complex thing, eggy bread. I have to say, I think it's as nice with ketchup. You can tell I quite like ketchup here. That's not No, I always have my eggy Um, bread with ketchup. Oh, actually with a bit of sugar. Yeah, turning it's it really into a good. bit of French toast. Yeah, yeah exactly. two dishes in one. Anyway, <laughs> that was my like Sunday night thing. Oh, eggy bread. You're making me want Kedgeri and <laughs> eggy bread now. Okay, so take us back to 2005. You were just 25 and had decided to start something on your own, which is so young. And I wondered, did it feel young at the time? I think, I don't know, I've perhaps always been quite grown up for my years, even when I was a child. I don't know if that's because I'm an only child. I, I On paper, I've got lots of halves and um, wonderful half siblings. But for quite a while, it was just my mum and I. So I, I don't know if if that made me more grown. I don't yeah. know. 25. Did anyone make you feel young when you said that you wanted to do it? I think the hardest thing was not having a really established career behind me. And especially in the fashion industry. I mean, we're a publisher. So, you know, we're not strictly a a fashion business but ultimately fashion is our biggest category and the fashion industry is cliquey and tight and quite intimidating and I I think the hardest thing well I wouldn't say it was my age but you know they're probably interlinked but yeah was that I didn't have lots of contacts you know I started my career working at Coty I interned for them throughout university I was their first intern Coty's a big um, international beauty business they own brands like Davidoff, Mark Jacobs. Okay, yeah. They do lots of fragrances. Lots of fragrances. Yeah. They also own Rimmel, Adidas. Anyway, lots and lots of, of great fragrances. But yeah, I was their first intern that they'd ever had in London. And then I went there as a grad. And I, I worked there for only, I mean, I did a four-year course at university. So I was kind of 24 when I left Edinburgh. So I only really worked there for a year. I then left and moved into property marketing, which was a very short-lived a, yeah, thing. Yeah, that's a big difference. Well, I doubled my salary and I thought that money would make me happy. Yeah. And I realized that there was more to it than just earning money. Yeah. Um, and actually it was there that I started working on um, the idea of Sherlock's. So as much as I'd sort of done marketing and beauty, yeah, it was not having that sort of magazine fashion experience behind me and those contacts that I think was the hardest thing. Yeah. And actually still is. You know, I think there are people in the industry who've launched similar businesses to Sherlock's and they have a lot of support from old colleagues and, and people they know from their careers. And, and I've never had that. And it's, it's yeah. definitely made it harder. That's so interesting. But yeah, you've done it in spite of all of that. It's amazing. <laughs> um, and if it hadn't have worked out, what would have been plan B? Ooh, like, are you one of those people that's just like always coming up with amazing ideas? And I am now. I'm definitely an ideas person now. And if someone 
my girlfriend came to me, she said, I want to run something by you last week. And we sat down, we were coming up with all these ideas. So I think I am now because I kind of, I know, you know, we touch so many categories and we deal yeah. with so many businesses. I don't know, would I still be at Coty? I think I've, I'd have enjoyed a career in, in beauty marketing. I actually wanted to be a prison warden, a prison okay. governor when, when I was 18. I remember going to Cornwall. Oh, when you were 18? Yeah, I remember going to the Cornwall and sending off for the grad training. Oh, pack. right. And I was, a, I was in the army cadets when I was at school. My mother always says, you're quite confusing because you sort of got this one side that's really fascinated by crime and um, the military. And I thought about going into the short service limited commission, which is um, an army. It's a year you spend in the army, you fast track to an officer and you spend a year in the army. I thought about doing that. My gap. It's hard to believe. I know. Oh my God. I mean, I just, yeah, I, know, I, I think, was I not think, expecting yeah. you to say that. Well, we were talking about this the other day. I think it was Goldie Horn and Private Benjamin that, Perhaps, um, yeah, she know, was probably responsible for a lot of me thinking that life in the army was for me. But um, <laughs> yeah, and the prison service, I still my, my kind of dream is one day I'll have enough time to go and join a parole board or do something to do with the prison service. Yeah, I, I have a real interest and yeah, a really strong desire to at some day do something to do with the prison that's, service. That's so well. I feel as it sounds confident you will make that happen, Georgie. <laughs> okay, the third desert island dish of the day is the best dish you've ever eaten. I think, well, my favourite restaurant is Alan Ducasse at the Dorchester. I went there for my 30th birthday when I was pregnant and it was our 10 year wedding anniversary the other day. Sound like my mother. It was our 10 year wedding anniversary last year and I was pregnant again my husband said you've got a habit of being oh. pregnant on these big occasions so we should be doing something really fun um, what do you normally order when you're there so well my favorite thing is the seven course tasty menu anyway my, my favorite 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 thing would be the artichoke velouté um probably with a bit of truffle on top um at Alan Ducasse I love artichoke yeah. I love a velouté I love truffle yeah um I always think the more we stand stars the more truffle there is flying around yeah, yeah and so true and I think god for a treat it is it's a really special, special place. And the tasting menu is just sublime. That sounds amazing. So I think I'm right in saying that you now publish over 12 articles a, a day on the site, which is loads of content. And I think you said that fashion is the most popular on the website. Was that what you were expecting? I think, I mean, fashion is fast. It's probably the thing we buy the most. It changes the most, sort of, although it's all a bit of a con. It doesn't change as yeah. much as everyone thinks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fashion is big. Beauty is big. But equally, lifestyle, we, we always, we try and, and get a real mix. You know, we try and have something for everyone every day. Yeah. But but the thing I love about when, when I was researching Sherlock's is how you have sort of grown the business and pivoted it and seen seen where the gaps are. And then that's what you've moved into, which uh, that's really impressive and is, is a very particular kind of skill. Yeah, I mean, digital is is a very unrelaxing place to be. I sort of look at friends with a product and and really envy them in that they have something tangible that they can hold and something that's not going to be out of date in, in two minutes. And a friend of my stepbrothers, is it not really tiring? You know, you wake up every day and have to start again. And <laughs> I'm really cross if you're listening. You won't be. You said that because I never really, never, I never oh, really no. thought that. But, you know, digital is just, it's endlessly <laughs> evolving and, and fast moving and you have to keep innovating. Yeah. I mean, the great thing is 
you can see everything and you can respond to the trends and to the developments yeah. and to the innovations. And, and, you know, we were talking about our podcast, which we started and it's going really well. And honestly, my husband came home, we started talking about podcasts and honestly, a week later, we started our podcast. That's amazing. And it's been amazing. And, and, you know, we're working on other projects and I, I think that's the great thing about it is you can learn it's very easy to make changes. Yeah. But equally, it's quite an exhausting yeah, place. It has its own challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Georgie, moving on to possibly the most important question of the day. That is, what is your favorite sandwich? When I'm not eating steamed buns from Waitrose for lunch, it would be a pret crayfish and rocket sandwich. It's a Good. bit of a treat for me. It's yeah. Quite mayonnaise but I love it. I love crayfish. I'm not a huge sandwich person, if I'm honest. Okay. But if I was going to have a sandwich. Yeah, that would be the one. That would be the one. Or just, or an egg mayo. Nothing wrong with that, Georgie. So when you started, point out the obvious, you didn't have any children. And now you have three. And the fact that you've grown the business into what it is today and had three children along the way is like unbelievably impressive. I wondered, and you must get asked this all the time, but what is your best tip for anyone wanting to start a business? I think quite a lot of women start a business with very young children because they're at a sort of turning point in their lives and they make a decision not to go back into their careers, especially, you know, if they've been in the corporate world or they've been in a world that doesn't pay that well. Um, So they might decide not to go back to the corporate world because of the pressures and the demands. Or they might say, actually, the cost of having a nanny and childcare versus my salary just doesn't stack up. So as a result, it's, it's a time when quite a lot of women do start a business, which is really tough. I mean, I think I was lucky because I started Sherlock's, you know, five years, four years, whatever it was before I had my eldest child. Yeah. So I could absolutely throw myself into it. I think my biggest tip would be that you just need such support from your other half because if you've got young children, it's going to be a it's going to be a struggle, and you're going to need to work every evening. You're going to need to work at weekends, yeah. and if yeah, if you're at all serious about it, you've got to be able to sacrifice other things in your life. So I think yeah. you need someone that's really championing you, and who you can talk to for hours on end, and and yeah, share it with. Otherwise, I think it's really tough. Yeah. Also, I like how talking about how you set up the podcast and things, you just have an idea, you obviously research it and do all the work around it, but then ultimately you do just get on and do it. And yeah. I think... My husband always says, I think it was a Mark Zuckerberg quote, um, move fast and break things. And I, when I call my marketing manager into my office and I say, Maya, I think we should write a book, start a podcast, create a TV series. She sort of looks at me and I'm like, come on, Maya, move fast, break things. Um, so I like that. That's a good motto. Yeah. Because I do think a lot of people are sort of paralyzed by fear. So you never actually take the plunge because you're always just yeah, worrying. You've just got to get on with it, really. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll never know. Yeah. Yeah. So I watched your daily routine video on your YouTube channel. And I mean, I felt tired just looking at it. <laughs> like you literally don't stop. And I'm so nosy. I wondered, what do you normally have for breakfast? I have, I love my breakfast. So I have corn thins mm-hmm. with nut butter and banana. Yes. And I honestly wake up every morning excited that yeah. I'm going to get to eat that. I love it. <laughs> That's when you know you've I'm a real a good breakfast. Habit. I, and I literally have that every day. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, when you're excited about getting out of bed because you're imagining yeah, eating. I, I, I could eat it all day, really. <laughs> okay, moving on to the fifth desert island dish of the day. That's the dish that you eat the most often, other than your corn thins with nut butter. That would have to be the pad thai at eight over eight. So eight over eight, for those that don't live in southwest London, is a great restaurant in um, on the King's Road. It's part of the Ricker. Is it the Ricker group? Yeah. They own E&O in Notting Hill as yeah. well. And I... This was the original one though, wasn't it? Eight over eight. No, I think E&O was oh, the original. Oh, was it the first? And then so. wasn't this the one that burnt down a few years ago? Yes, that's the point. I've forgotten about that. So yeah, the food is so good. Yeah, I go there a lot. Um, it's sort of 10 minutes in a taxi from my house and you can put a pair of heels on. They do great lychee martinis and I love anything Asian to yeah. eat. Um, and the pad thai is just oh, the best. Love pad thai. So you're very honest about the fact that launching any business is incredibly hard work. And I think that's really important that people are honest about it. I wondered, knowing what you know now and that everything that's involved, would you, could you do it again? I don't know if I could do it again. I, I sometimes think, what if, if Sherlock's was no more tomorrow, would I start again with something else? <sighs> I don't know. If I had, you know, the benefit of hindsight, yeah, I think I would. I love it. I We were talking about Sunday blues in our podcast this week and um, I never get Sunday blues. That's amazing. And I'm I'm really trying to, you know, teach my children that, you know, Monday's a new day and it's a great start to the week and exciting things are going to happen this week. I, I genuinely love going to work. Yeah. I love working. Creating a job where you're not dreading starting it on yeah. Sunday evening is quite incredible. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, absolutely passionate about what I do. And, you know, there are there are moments where you've had enough and there are moments when I've had enough. And, of course. You know, the buck stops with me on everything. Yeah. Because yeah, um, do you still like, do, do you have the final say over every piece of content that goes out? I'm trying not to. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm trying not to. We've really invested in the editorial team. I have a great deputy editor, but she is very busy as am I. So we're, we're trying to grow the team. We've got a great, um, a great um, head of fashion and product coming in starting next week. So the aim is that I can sort of get out of it a bit more, but yeah, I do. And I sort of feel like at the moment I've got too much to lose not to, yeah. but yeah, I'm trying to delegate. Yeah. More. <laughs> it's a skill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and okay. Moving on to the sixth desert island dish of the day, and that is your go-to dinner party dish. God, I had to think really hard about this one. I mean, the truth is, I'm going to sound really awful on a podcast. You're not. I, I tend to get someone to do it for there me. There is nothing wrong with that. But I do work really hard and I do earn my own money. Yeah. And Georgia, um, you don't you know, have to just I sound like a really no. sort of precious. But when um, you hire someone in, do you say what you want to eat or yeah. you're involved in that process? Yeah. 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 Um, I use the same girl and she makes it really easy. But, you know, I work on a Friday. Yeah. I don't really. Um, Georgie, I, I am a chef. You're so that person. I, I love people who um, hire chefs. <laughs> so, no, I yeah, I, I do. What would you ask I would, her to I, make? I would do um, fish or, yeah, quite often fish. I like a starter. I always like to have a starter if I give dinner. I yeah. don't think one needs pudding, but I, I feel quite strongly about a starter. Yeah. But occasionally, I, I there's a great Jamie Oliver um, chicken and chorizo tray bake mm. um, with paprika that I do. So that I can do that. That sounds good. And I make a pad thai that my husband quite likes. Oh. Um, but I mean, that's about it. And in the summer, in the summer, I think entertaining is really easy because you just barbecue 
they often put yeah butterfly lamb on the barbecue and then I, I can do salads I make yeah. quite good salads bit of tahini and some you know sesame seeds and I it, think you've of, been doing yourself down but no 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 I, I'm really you know, I'm really not my husband says that there's lots of things you're good at honey but you know know your weaknesses <laughs> loving husband <laughs> as a woman so firmly with her finger on the pulse of cool stuff I can't let you go without asking you about your favorite restaurants I know that we've already touched on E&O but are there any others Ooh, well, opposite E&O, there's a really great restaurant called Shikama that I've only discovered quite recently. No, I haven't heard of that. Peruvian, and it is really, really great. I went, I don't know where I went actually last week for my wedding anniversary, it was the Henrietta Hotel, which oh, is a new hotel. Yeah. And it's got Oli Debu as the executive chef. And it's from the experimental group who are responsible um who we have to thank should i say for the experimental cocktail club yeah and also the pagai in paris and anyway they've opened this restaurant henrietta and the food is really excellent it's a real gem it's in the heart of Covent garden it's really warm and anyway i just thought it was great in the food um what kind of food is it it's sort of it's a bit continent sort of modern continental yeah Yum. Great. Really okay. rate it. Definitely going to be checking that one out. Right. We're on to the last dish of the day. And that is the last dish you would choose to eat before being cast off to the desert island. And you are allowed a starter main course and pudding. Oh, I didn't know you were allowed a starter main course and pudding. So a starter would be something with scallops. Yep. Or a lobster bisque. Yes. One both. of those two or both. <laughs> or a couple of scallops on top of the yeah, lobster Yeah, let's bisque. do that. <laughs> It would then be my mum's spag bowl. Oh, I mean, who doesn't love their mum's spag bowl? So good. My mum's a nice cook, but she's not sort of, you know, but to me, her spag bowl is the best spag no, bowl. No, she sounds like she's coming up trump. She um, makes a killer kedgeree yeah, and she's a gonna spag She's going to be bowl. thrilled with yeah. this. <laughs> and it would be, my pudding would be a chocolate fondant with a scoop of salted caramel ice cream, a scoop of pistachio ice cream, and a scoop of mango sorbet. Oh my goodness. I'm going to be fighting spoons with you over that pudding. I'm not really a pudding person, but put a chocolate fondant in front of me and I can't help myself. So good. And you're allowed to take one luxury item. What would you like to take with you? Oh, it would probably be my phone. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not allowed internet and you won't have any signal. Oh, you're not? Okay, <laughs> shit. What's my luxury item? It would be, it, it would be my, it's two, sorry, but it's my eye mask and earplugs. Oh, no, that's... <laughs> well, I know it's very quiet on a desert island, but I can't sleep without them. I will allow you to take them, Georgie, no problem. Thank you so much for letting us hear your desert island dishes. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I think there's a common theme here with these super successful people. They just seem to get on and do stuff. I think the advice is... Don't spend too long overthinking and procrastinating and just get out there and start making waves. <laughs> Simple. I'd forgotten how much I love kedgeri, such a great dish. I think mums always make the best kedgeri. There is a recipe on Made by Margie for a quinoa version, which is really easy and delicious. Although, of course, there is nothing wrong with the classic version either. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe and rate and review. I know everyone asks you to do that, but it's not an empty request. It genuinely means a lot and would really help me out. 
Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to check out the other episodes. For more details, head to www.desertislanddishes.co and you can see the fancy new website. (laughs) Bye.